0: Blob Talk Radio Good evening everybody and welcome to another episode of what was once War Fantasy Sports Radio but... If you follow us on Twitter and Facebook, you now know. It is the premiere episode of the new Improved Draft Smashers Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Aniano, and sitting with me like he always is on Wednesday night is Eric Corsini. And if you're listening to us live or on demand, we thank you. And we want to let everybody know, yes, we are the former War Room Fantasy Sports Radio. A terrific event, and it's been brewing now for about a month or two. An exciting uh, time. It's just launched. uh, DraftSmashers.com. A new website coming out any minute now, essentially, um, catering to the Daily League. They've decided to bring Warham Fantasy Sports Radio, the two of us, on board. And we're going to be podcasting for them. So a little bit of a change here. The show's name has changed, essentially. We're no longer Warham Fantasy Sports Radio that you grew up learning to love. It is now Draft Smashers Radio. Same hosts, same night, same time, same great content, just a new name. Okay, as always, you can follow us on Twitter. New Twitter now, though, to go along with it, at Draft Smash Radio. You can also follow the website, at Draft Smashers. And uh, follow me on Facebook, Anthony Aniano, as well, if you want to check me out there as well. Feel free. As always, the phone lines are open. J- same number we were with War Room Radio. Draft Smashers Radio has just taken over the number, 347 838 8088. That's 347 838 8088. And uh, chat room is open as well, so all the same fun stuff, just a new name. That's it, folks. Nothing else has changed. Go to Draftsmashers.com, a terrific site catering to the daily. You'll see some stuff we write up there. They really, they'll be uh, Fan daily fantasy golf. Uh, we have a former MMA fighter going to be writing MMA daily fantasy sports articles for us. So great, great stuff. Draftsmashers.com should launch any day now. Make sure you go check it out uh, and be part of what should be a terrific, terrific informational site for those of you who really, truly love to play the daily fantasy game. Check out our other sponsors, Rotoballers.com, that you see scrolling across the screen. And in case you didn't know, you get a double dose of me now every Wednesday night. Besides hosting Draftsmasters.com every night from 7.30 till 8.30 Eastern Time, I'll also be on... Uh, Another Blog Talk Radio show, blogtalkradio.com slash rotoballer, and I'll be helping them out with their podcast that airs right here on Blog Talk Radio at 9.30 Eastern Time, so you'll be able to hear that as well. I've gone through everything. I'd like to welcome, as always, into the studio, my partner, colleague, co-host, friend, and uh, somebody who's been with us when we were doing life coach, uh, tag team partner.
1: We'd make a good tag
0: team. We would. We would be. We'd be short but powerful. Yeah, but Who'd start the match?
1: I would. Obviously, oh. I start the no, show. I start right. the okay. match. Not
0: I start, I get sure. the crowd warmed up, and you come in and deliver the hammer.
1: Yeah. Uh, I rescue you at one point, though. Yeah. At so one point, the, I'm getting my
0: ass kicked, after. and you got to swoop in. After. Absolutely. But Mr. Eric Corsini is here, Eric. Happy Wednesday. How are you, my friend?
1: Doing great. Um, pretty excited for uh for the show and for all the fantasy talk and. Just ready to get going, especially with baseball. Like you just hear the pitches and catches reporting. Matt Harvey's already throwing perfect games and we're all set. We're ready. Yeah, definitely.
0: It's uh, Matt Harvey's already throwing perfect games.
1: He got there nine days early, he's all amped up. He's ready. Yeah. He's ready. Yeah. And then, fifteen wins? Um, yeah, why not? I mean why can't he get fifteen wins? Dominant. He could be dominant again. Might have to shake that rust off a little bit, but that's why he's there nine days early. He's, he's gonna he's
0: gonna off. be he's gonna be wild until at least middle of May. Think so. His walk weight will be a little bit higher than normal. All
1: right. His walk rate was really low, anyways. I know.
0: Um, either one of two things is going to happen. He's either going to be wild, or his control is going to be too good. He's going to be dead red center of the plate,
2: eh. and he's
0: going to be a little more hittable than normal. Work out those. But that's head. all right. We'll roll with Degrom and Wheeler at the top hey, until will be a
1: three, and until
0: Ivy really gets everything sorted out. Don't worry about it. You got C. C. Sabathia.
1: I'm not worried about it. Hey, I have a, we have a World Series win with C. C. So you do, you do, and now you just
0: deal with him down in Cheeseburgers like a, at a record-setting pace. Did he
1: gain the weight back? I don't know. I hope. He I did. mean, he's no Bartolo Colon. He was so much better when he
0: was fat. Absolutely, fat guys don't get hurt. Skinny guys do. David Wells. Yep. Drunk. Like, drunk and Cheeseburgers. Perfect game. Perfect game. Never
1: got hurt. Didn't sleep the whole night.
0: I mean, he didn't even have a hamstring to pull. <laughs>
1: You can't be too tight out.
0: No, no, that's that's my new training model.
1: <laughs> all right,
0: a lot going on. We're going to get to all of it. We want to start today, though, in the mode of what draftsmasters.com is. And you'll see it when the site launches. It's going to be a site that really caters to the daily player and even even to the newbie in the daily, daily word, world. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know a whole lot about daily fantasy basketball. I don't. I play baseball. I'm a football guy. I think I've played in about two or three tournaments in daily basketball. I might as well have just gone to FanDuel and written him a blank, given him a blank check, and walked away. I, there was no chance of me you winning. You dabbled? I
1: didn't even know you dabbled. I did
0: dabbled a couple of times. It couldn't have gone worse. You uh, saw the
1: blue line going. Away. Oh, my yeah. God.
0: I, I'm lucky I was still on the screen. But um, but you, on the other hand, Eric, have done very, very well, placing in 10,000 people tournaments in the top ten. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's impressive. If I was good at math, I could tell you what
1: percentage that would be,
0: but I'm not going to embarrass uh, myself.
1: I've made two really deep runs. Most recently, finishing eighth out of like ten thousand eight hundred. It was pretty cool. Um, I still consider myself pretty new at it and learning. But it, it, it's such a different game than like you know what we're traditionally used to. You draft a team and you ride them the whole season.
0: And you tinker and yeah, whatever. Yeah.
1: And you just pick up a free agent here or there. Each night is so different. The matchups are important. And it's just so much information to go through. It it, it is another job in itself. It's well, exhausting.
0: Well let me ask you this now. You say you're new at it, but obviously you're having some uh, some bit of success. I've had some growing pains too. Okay. Let's not let's not
1: glorify but it
0: what have you basketball wise? Yeah. What have you learned? What have you taken out of it? What have you what strategy, what plan have you yourself developed and implemented when it comes time to setting that daily fantasy basketball lineup?
1: Uh, one of the things to look for is like, for example, when I was setting my lineups today, um, it's really important, really, really important to find value guys for a low price, like super important. So that way you can put guys like James Harden, LeBron James and all those guys into your lineup when they have a good matchup, you know what I mean? So like in tonight, there's like 12 games on the slate tonight. That's a lot of games to pick from to try and form a team. Um, and there are just some matchups like you stay away from, despite like having like um, like for example like Russell well, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, two phenomenal players, two phenomenal fantasy players, very expensive. Mm-hmm. They're your top you know top five salary guys. They're going to eat up a lot of your cap, and a lot of nights it pays off because you know they put up the huge numbers. That's why they cost that much. But tonight they're playing a Memphis team, okay, and their last matchup against Memphis they each only put up about twenty five fantasy points. And that's usually about half of what they're usually doing. So like on a night like this, I stay away from those guys and I'll invest in somebody like um say George Hill, who's fifty two hundred dollars, half the price of a Westbrook, going against a thirtieth ranked Pelicans defense against the point guard. So just taking a matchup into consideration, like tonight, George Hill might be a better option than Brian Westbrook. It's so it's so hard Russell to Westbrook Russell Westbrook. To, to wrap your head around that. But, like, you got to almost not get infatuated with the names so much. They're important, but, like, you can't just build your team with four studs and then just fill in the rest with, you know, really low-end players. you got to have a nice balance. Um, and we- some, some nights, like, the top two guys will take you to a title. I've seen that. And I've seen other nights where just building a balanced lineup of about $6,000 players works. You know, it's... Uh, it's it's an interesting phenomenon. There's no one-set way to win a tournament.
0: Now, let me ask you, you mentioned, maybe just off the air even, you said it to me, there are always a few staples to your lineup. Yeah. Well. Um, obviously, it's not the same one or two guys, but in, in your season now, or what, 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 about 50 games into the NBA 50 season, games, 50, yeah. 55 50 50 games. I've been
1: doing it probably about 30 to 35 games.
0: Who are those staples?
1: Who are, all right, these are the guys, obviously LeBron James you're paying for. Right, yeah. Even LeBron, like for some, like I kind of almost stay away from him sometimes because of the guys like Kyrie Irving and now Kevin Love on the team. Sometimes they eat up some of his fantasy stats. So like he sometimes has a very balanced night, but it's not something I could have got for a player that costs three or four thousand less than him. Um, so like some some of the guys like that most recently, I guess you could say has been a staple would, would be a guy like like for me it's a guy like Trevor Ariza. He's like fifty five hundred, which is like half of what LeBron is, and he's been putting up thirty and forty fantasy points, and that's similar, you know, within five or ten of what LeBron does, and just frees me up to buy other players. Like James Harden, though, has been so good the last two games; he cost eleven thousand. So it's almost like, it's almost like you can't not have him in your lineup, especially when you could find good value players to go with him, because he put up seventy fantasy points last night. That's two players in one. Mm-hmm. So you know, like guys like that. Um, like tonight, I put James Harden almost. He was like the staple of my team tonight, along with uh, Nikolai Vucev from um, Orlando, because he's going up against the Knicks, who are really kind of pretty bad against centers. Mm-hmm. And he was at a, a decent price for him. And last time he played the Knicks, he put up like sixty something fantasy. So I look at past performances against certain teams, along with you know the value that you're getting for that dollar amount and there's guys that are overpriced and there's guys that are still underpriced, you know. And basketball is a streaky sport. You got to get them while they're hot and low. Cuz once they get on a hot streak, their value goes up and then it seems like it doesn't quite match up with the points. It's really interesting. Like trying to find those right matchups on a nightly basis. And then there's always those surprises like Yeah. You know, you got somebody going up against a first-rank point guard defense and they have a huge night. So 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 it it it's a lot of fun though.
0: So whereas in 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 football,
1: mm-hmm.
0: maybe in football, you could have said said in a daily league that a guy like Andrew Locke or Calvin Johnson is or a pretty boy. safe is a pretty or Odell Beckham down the stretch. Like he became a staple in everybody everybody's winning team towards the end. Had had Odell, had, but they became had. they became the type of player that you were able to play regardless of matchup. Correct. With the basketball, what you're discovering though, is that matchup. Position by position,
1: right, is important. I look at it, you know. When I first started it, I didn't look into it as much. I'd see like, oh, you know, Russell Westbrook. You know, I'm going to put him in regardless of who he's playing. Like, oh, if he was playing Memphis, I will not even look at. It. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. so new to it. But then you go and look things up, and you realize, wow, this team is really good against shooting guards. And you look at some even top players' past performances, like weren't that good against that team. So on that night, maybe you stay away from them. One of the things about the Daily League, and I've been snake bitten like the last two nights, is I picked up a couple Dallas players, and they were playing, and it should have been a high scoring game. I, had, I lost both Tyson Chandler and Montez within the first minute of the game. So, like, once you lose a player for that night, that team is more or less dead for the night. Yeah. So, like, if you have an injury like that, you're done. You know, you're done. And uh, so y- there is some luck involved in getting healthy guys. You understand? You know, like,. So it, it's an interesting thing. to. Uh, well, that's the same so in football. But That's it's so the stressful. same in a
0: daily football. As soon as you see that red cross go up next to right, you know you
1: backs di- Back-to-backs in basketball are, are much different also. Like some teams are would you on back to back.
0: Would teams you play? If, let me ask you this then. You know how in, with football, we had talked about during the football season, we stayed away from offensive players on a Thursday night game. Oh, it's brutal. Thurs- it's I always stay away from those. Do guys. you stay away
1: from a basketball player on the back end of a of a back-to-back? Um, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Like, for example, like some teams, especially when they're on the road playing a back-to-back, I stay away from. I remember an earlier example I, that I looked at earlier in the year like um the Utah Jazz had come to play the Knicks, and Hayward and Favors both had big games. And then the next night they were playing Toronto, and Toronto really wasn't playing very good defense. And I played those guys again, just to find out that it was a back-to-back, and they got they got they sat out like half the second half. So like there are certain situations; it, it's very situational, I think. It also depends on the matchup of the back-to-back. If a team is going up against a good defensive team on a back-to-back, I definitely stay away. Cause just because you know the matchup's not good and they just played the night before.
0: Now, I've, I've been on Twitter, especially following uh, the daily basketball, and I'm hearing some complaints from people yeah. because of, of players being rested, but yeah. then not knowing
1: uh, until game time, really. See, that's happened to me on occasion. I constantly check to see, because that is a problem, because say a tournament starts at 7 o'clock tonight, um, and this happened to me the other day. Eric Bledsoe is scheduled to play. And then he ended up not playing because his wife was having a baby. And he ended up leaving that night, like, and his game was at 8.30 or 9 o'clock. But it wasn't reported that he wasn't playing that night when you had set your lineup. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy that you count on for 35, 40 fantasy points, and now you're looking at an empty spot and a and, and, and it, and and loss. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about that. The one problem in the NBA is you have to set your lineup before, say, the 7 o'clock game. But then the ten thirty game, there's still guys who are game time decisions.
0: Would you recommend doing a tournament for only the seven o'clock games and a tournament for the, only the ten well, thirty
1: games? Um yeah. all right, so FanDuel like they do have like they have a seven o'clock tournament which puts all the games in. They have now these eight o'clock turbos or seven thirty turbos where it's just the seven thirty and eight o'clock games. And they also have late night games tournaments that you could just play ten thirty games. <sighs> mhm. So, yes and no, like, I find, like, say, late night only, there might only be two games. So you're only picking from four teams. I find those very difficult to win because a lot of people have the same guys. Team, yeah, yeah. And it really comes down to picking the right lower-end player for that. Because everybody's going to have, the same say, Marcus Aldridge, who one night was owned by 96% of the 20. You know. right. So at that point, you're like, all right, he's useless almost at this point. And i got to hope that this... Thirty-seven hundred dollar player comes through for me as opposed to that thirty. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a real. To me, it's a real crapshoot. I like to have a decent amount of teams to pick from, just so the variation is there. Otherwise, everybody's team is so so similar. Right. Um So I've dabbled in all of them, to be honest. And no, only because I
0: know even with baseball and the little bit I dabbled last year, and obviously this season, I'll, I'll be full bore. Baseball has the seven o'clock games. Mm-hmm. They have, then, the West Coast games mm-hmm. and FanDuel, DraftKings, whichever, whichever fantasy site, whichever daily site you use, and there are other ones out there. Um, <clears throat> you could play the, the full-day tournament. You could play the 7 o'clock tournament. You could play the 10.30 tournament, whatever. Then I'm speaking in Eastern time. Right. But you talk about lineups. At least with baseball, you could, for a 7 o'clock first pitch or 7.30 first pitch, out, lineups are announced by
1: 4 or 5 o'clock. Right. Right. Um, Basketball, they could literally, like, 10 minutes before the game, for games, shut somebody down.
0: Exactly. Where baseball, the, like, lineup, up. the lineup gets locked, set at 5 o'clock, and then things happen and change throughout the day. But uh, So that does alleviate But I know basketball's had some problems with that. I and mean, speaking of baseball, we're going to transition now. Folks, if you haven't seen this, I just shared it on my Facebook page on Anthony Aniano. If this video I put up doesn't get you ready for spring training, nothing will. It's a video... You know how all the teams now have their fantasy weeks for for their fans? Mm -hmm. They go, an 88-year-old man in the Colorado Rocky fantasy camp takes one under the chin. Really? And he goes out to the mound to fight. Check that out. Uh, so, so and he goes I, to throw down. He goes. The umpire caught him. I mean, he's eighty-eight. He couldn't get that far. But uh, yeah, the umpire got in there and and stopped it before he could get out to the mound. He went out there. To, I mean, skinny. Must weigh about ninety pounds. And uh, went out was going to go out to the mound in this fantasy camp because the fastball came a little bit too high and tight. And uh, terrific Took
1: exception to it. Huh? Didn't like it. Didn't like being brushed back.
0: <laughs> Did not like being brushed back. Oh, that's that's great. for sure. So, uh, so great, great stuff, and uh, and that leads us to what we want to talk about now. Last week on the show, under the old name, we talked about that. Blah 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 blah. Last week we started our divisional previews and we talked about the American League East. If you missed it, go to our archives on Blog Talk Radio slash DraftKings, and uh, you'll see what we were talking about. You'll see the old the uh, the old show American League East preview tonight. What we want to focus on though is the American League Central. And some fantasy players on each and every team that you need to keep an eye on. Players that are worth owning. And we're going to do it alphabetically by team. It's the easiest way to do it. And then maybe we'll talk at the end of the show about who we might think will actually win this division. So the conversation will start, Eric, with the Chicago White Sox. One of the most active teams mm-hmm. this off season. right? Yes. Offensively alone, they added Melky Cabrera to come play left field. They added Adam LaRoche to split first base DH time with Jose Abreu. They brought in Emilio Bonifacio to play some second base for them. And then pitching-wise, they added Jeff Simardia to start. Dave Robertson, formerly of the Yankees, to close. They're in to win. There's no doubt about it. They're going for it. Right now, they have a starting lineup. Like you said, who's ever at first DH, Abreu and LaRoche? Bonifacio looks like he has the inside track to be the second baseman. They brought back Gordon Beckham, but he looks like he's going to play utility role. Alexi Ramirez, I think an underrated shortstop. Connor Gillespie penciled in to be the third baseman. Outfield looks very good, though, with Melky Cabrera, who had a very nice year for Toronto in left field. Adam Eaton, speed guy, high on base guy in center. And then Avisail Garcia playing right field. He's got some upside power. And Tyler Flowers behind the plate. Pitching staff, very top-heavy, but it looks good. Chris Sale, my pick for the Cy Young Award in the American League this year. He was my pick last
2: year. Got hurt, but was still
0: lights out. They've added Jeff Zamarga returning to Chicago, but this time in the American League. Jose Quintana, underrated. Pretty good pitcher there, though. And then you got John Danks, Hector Nueci, finishing out the rotation. And like we said, Robertson pitching the back end of the bullpen. Uh, Should really stabilize that bullpen quite a bit. He was terrific last year for the Yankees. Yankees just let them walk away for nothing, as is the Yankee way with their own homegrown talent. Let them leave and pay for somebody else's. But I digress. Eric, when we look at this team, who do you see as a fantasy superstar, first round, second round pick type? Uh,
1: well, obviously Jose Abreu. Um, other offensively, first rounds? no, no. I don't see anything else? Second round, even a. Sh- I don't really see a second rounder. The next player that would be drafted Maybe, from this team would be Sale. Yeah, I would say Sale. Do you go as high as you I, I could probably I, take him in the second. Round.
0: I w- I would wait. That's I'm not high though. That's high. I'm waiting third, fourth round. Yeah. Get him third, fourth round. Lock him up as my eighth. I mean,
1: the only guy that jumps out the board taking in the first two rounds for me would be a Brew, and he's a, a first round.
0: Yeah, he's gonna be a first round. Debating whether he could go in the top five, top eight, but uh, he's definitely a first rounder. But when you look around this team. You know, Melky Cabrera is a useful fantasy outfielder.
1: He's a solid player. You know? You know, batted, you know, he's you know he could hit close to 300 for you, probably, you know, double-digit home runs. You know, steal a couple bases. Not too much, probably. But hitting in the two-hole, hopefully he'll score a bunch of runs, um, being driven in by Abreu. Yeah, I mean,
0: run, last probably. year for Toronto, 16 homers, 73 RBIs. He batted 301, uh, scored 81 runs. He's had a high of eighteen home runs in his career back in two thousand eleven. But I, I agree. I think he's a I think he's a pretty good bet for fifteen homers and a, and a close to three hundred batting average.
2: Yeah. Some
0: runs scored. A useful uh, third or fourth fantasy outfielder, depending on how many you use. Maybe he's yeah, first he's a out bench player. outfielder. Absolutely. Adam Eaton. Yeah, I love his upside. The potential to steal a base or two. Yeah. Not as good of a fantasy player as he is an everyday Major League baseball player. Yeah. he's
1: like a guy you want on your. Your actual baseball team, yeah, maybe not so much your fantasy team, but he's definitely like a guy, probably you know, who run through a wall for you out there. So
0: you know, last year in 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 uh, four hundred eighty six at bats, he stole fifteen bases. Mm-hmm. He can run; he could steal you twenty twenty five bases. If you don't want to pay the big money or the high draft spot for a Billy Hamilton or a D Gordon, Adam Eaton later in the draft could provide some upside. You know, Adam LaRoche, Eric, he provides you terrific late round power. Mm -hmm. you get him very late in the draft, you get 20 home runs, and Avisel Garcia, Avisel Garcia is going to bat fifth in this lineup, and he has the potential to hit 20 homers. The question is, will he do it? Will he stay healthy? Will he get the at-bats? Will his batting average be high enough? Mm -hmm. He is only 23, 24 years old going into the season. A lot of upside with Garcia. If you've got a spot late in the draft, or in an AL only league or in a mixed auction, maybe a few extra bucks late, he's somebody worth taking a flyer on. Projections have him at about fifteen homers and sixty RBIs. He comes with a lot of hype, 22, 23 years old. He could be the type of player that comes out of nowhere and hits twenty five.
1: Yeah. And uh, you you have to hit those guys to to win your league. You have to you have to you have to be right about somebody. So
0: are um, you willing to grab an Emilio Bonifacio later in the draft? Again, He's really a one posi- a one category guy, but he could give you twenty to thirty steals, or, or is he a waiver wire pickup in your view? I,
1: um, I probably wouldn't draft him. I, I would, I would look at him more as a waiver wire guy. Like to me, he doesn't produce all around enough um, to be a serviceable, you know, everyday fantasy player or anything like that. I, I'm looking for him more if somebody gets hurt or you know, something like that. But something about the White Sox though, the the back end of their rotation is really kinda of, to me pretty weak. Um I know they added Samarja but you know, at the end of their rotation Danks and Noesi, I I don't know. Danks Danks doesn't bother me. He, I think he's a veteran, yeah. he's an inning either. Hector Noesi, though the former Yankee if I recall uh prospect. Yeah, he is not he doesn't you know, exactly inspire Yeah, I, I think that they'll win a, a bunch of games but Yeah, you know, I I, st- I just still think they're a couple players away from me. From really taking it to the next
0: level, but let me tell you that the top of that rotation, Sale, Zamaja, Quintana, I'll put them up against yeah. any other team in the American League. Yeah, you know, Sale. We talked about fantasy wise. He's a second, third round pick. Zamaja, he's not far after that. Quintana, all of these guys. You know, Jose Quintana. People say, "Who's Jose Quintana?" Jose Quintana last season for the White Sox, he went nine and eleven, but he pitched to a three three two ERA, hundred seventy eight strikeouts to only fifty two walks in two hundred innings. Right. Swing swinging strike rate of eight point three percent. Uh the year before in two thousand thirteen, he went nine and seven with a three fifty one. Kid's only twenty five, twenty six years old, and he's now in three seasons. Uh last two seasons of two hundred innings, his high, he's he's his ARA has gone down three years in a row, three seven six, three five one, three three two. Slotting into that number three spot in the rotation between two behind two very, very good pitchers. He's a key to this team and could be a nice
1: head fantasy wise. Uh, I mean, I, I I agree with you with that. I'm um, just you know like any end of the you know any back end of a rotation, you know it's you know but they definitely have a, a top end of the rotation unlike a couple teams in the AL East. You know like we talked about last week. You know like the White Sox don't have a Chris Sale, or the Red Sox don't have a Chris Sale, or the Yankees. You know with Tanaka, what do they Who have? Who knows? You know, uh, Baltimore doesn't have anybody
0: close. They anymore. don't have a Samardzija. Yeah. Not, yeah.
1: They might not even have a Quintanilla. Yeah, yeah. Like, in all seriousness, if you put him on that team, he's probably their ace. Probably, yeah. You know, so, you know, I I think they have a lot going for them, though. Um, and they should challenge for the, for the Central Division. They could challenge for that division title. That's a bunch of, this. that's turning into a pretty good division, It really. is
0: turning into. It's a better division than the American League East is right yeah. now, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, it's cyclical. It'll come back and forth, but... They, they're definitely making moves in that division.
0: All right, let's take a look at the Cleveland Indians. Two years ago, a playoff team. Last year, a bit of a disappointment. Um, you know, they, they go, you go around the infield with them. He looks like Nick, Nick Swisher at first base. Kipnis at second base. Jason Kipnis at second. Francisco Lindor at shortstop uh, until their top prospects are ready to come up. Third base, Lonnie Chisenhall. Outfield, Brandon Morse, Michael Brantley, Michael Bourne. And then uh, Jan Gomes behind the plate. Uh, you've, got, you've got Carlos Santana in the mix. They've got a lot of moving parts. Right. Santana can play third. Chisinau can DH. Santana can play first. Swisher could DH. Swisher could play the outfield. Brandon Moss can DH. But essentially, those are the nine bats you're going to have. Right. Pitching wise, you have the, the reigning American League Cy Young Award and Corey Kluber.
1: I bet if you ask the average person in the street, they have no idea. Not,
0: right. Not a clue. Um, after Kluber, it's a lot of upside, a lot of potential. Carlos Carrasco is pretty good. Bauer, House, Danny Salazar. Salazar came up two years ago, took the world by storm, regressed tremendously last year. Who's the real Danny Salazar? He's the guy who's going to strike out a boatload of batters, but at the same time, not have the greatest of games. You know, so so that's what you look at. Now, Eric, the first thing I got to ask you, Michael Brantley.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, he's been around there a few years. Last season, he finally breaks out. He's 27, 28 years old. You know, a couple of years before last, in 2012, six homers, a two eighty eight average. 2013, 10 homers, 284, 73 RBIs, 17 stolen bases. So he's settling in at 26, 27, and you kind of knew you again. Mm-hmm. 10 homers, 15 steals, 280, the RBIs. And you're saying, nice, nothing outrageous. Well, last season, he busts out. He goes from, he he adds 30 runs on to his total season average from 66 to 94. Doubles his home runs from 10 to 20. Goes up 24 RBI's from 73 to 97. Adds six more stolen bases, 17 to 23. Batting average jumps from 284 to 327. On-base percentage goes from 332 to
2: 385. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, Strike, Actually strikes out less in the process, from 67 to 56.
1: Both, both are like, like, those are, striking out 56 times is sick. In, in this day baseball, and age? Where swing and miss doesn't matter. In you know? 611 at-bats, 56 strikeouts. Only walks 52 times. So he's putting the ball in play. 90% of the time. Yep. Well, yeah, not striking out, anyway.
0: Slugging, slugging goes from 396 to 506. Now, there are some out there in the world of fantasy who say that was it for Michael Brantley. That's the career year. That's the best you're going to get. Expect the regression. The the R word, regression. Others say, no, nah, he should be able to ride this for a few years. He's in his prime years of 27 years old.
1: Right. I'll give my thoughts in a minute. Your thoughts first. Um, see, what, what makes me, that was, to me, if you look at it, his whole body of work, right? And this is the way I look at it. That's the outlier right now.
2: It's Last the, season. Year.
1: It's the outlier. I don't know if it's something that, you know, like when you do statistics, right? When I took statistics, course, in college or whatever, you know, you, you take, you throw out the two, you throw out the low, you throw out the high, and and the middle is what it's, it, it's supposed to be. Um, it, it's tough for me to buy in that he's going to bat 327 again. You know, it's really tough for me to buy in and hit 20 homers when his previous high was 10. You know, it's not like his previous high was 15. I mean, he doubled it. I'm going to find that a hard time for him to repeat that. I know with baseball, 27, 28, 29, 30, those are like the prime of your career. So maybe he figured it out. You know, I I, I need to see it for a second year because I, I don't want to run, not that it's this big of a deal, but like the Chris Davis situation. You know, like he gave you his career year, then everybody drafts him high the next year, and look what you got. You know, You know what I mean? So part of that makes me... A little reserved when looking at Michael Brantley.
0: Michael Brantley I mean? in the SiriusXM draft that took place in uh, in Vegas at the F- at the FSTA conference, he went middle, late middle,
1: third round. Your thoughts? It's probably higher than I. Probably higher than I would have taken him. He
0: went before Bryce Harper.
1: That nah. one, two picks before Jacoby
0: Ellsbury. Before Evan Longoria and Carlos Gonzalez, just to name a few, I
1: probably wouldn't. I probably would have taken most of those guys ahead of him. To be honest, I, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, the body of work makes me very nervous that maybe that was his career year.
0: See, I, I, what, I
1: what's your thoughts?
0: My thoughts on Brantley are: I, I don't think it's going to get much better than last year, but I think he could ride last year's numbers for another two or three years. I think he could give you 18 to 22 homers.
1: He went up 40 points in his batting.
0: Batting average, I think, comes down a little bit. I agree. That's a huge jump. That's a big jump. I think you could get in that 18 to 22 range for homers, 80 or so RBIs, Mm -mm. 20 stolen bases. Uh, You shouldn't have lost any speed there. I think the batting average regresses a little bit. I still think he's over 300. I think he's a 310, 315 hitter. Score you some runs. I think he's worth the third-round pick. If you tell me you're going to get a guy... Twenty homers, twenty steals, and a three hundred batting average. He's covering your categories. Yeah, he's covering your uh, categories. I mean,
1: I just for my personal opinion, I wouldn't have taken him in the third round, but there's definitely an argument that he could easily be. Taken I mean, him in you're the third
0: taking. Round. I I think Michael Brantley's more of a known quantity right now than Bryce Harper is. Right. Not now not maybe really. maybe the upside of Bryce Harper is way higher, and I, I think most people would agree for with Harper's is, it, is definitely higher. Right.
1: So it comes down to what do you want? Do you want the ceiling or do you want the sure thing? True. Um, I'm just trying to look. I mean, Harper's never played more than 139 games. And that was three seasons ago. Right. He's always heard. 118 hurt. games, 100 games. So he's basically playing half a season almost. little more so he, than half, right. So if you were to double his numbers from last year. They're still not that impressive. They're not really that impressive at all. I do realize this. In 100 games last year, he only stole two bases.
0: You know, he the here's, here's Michael Brantley, last year 156, 2013 151, 2012 149. The guy's on the field. Yeah. The I, guy's I, on the field.
1: That's something to consider for sure. Um, see, I, I'm not a big Bryce Harper guy for the main reason that I can't rely on him to play 140, 150 games. I, His I, style of play prevents him from doing that. Right, when you're running into walls at 90
0: miles an hour, you're not going to last.
1: No, no that's matter it, who you that's are, just it. he's not like the biggest guy either. So his his body's just being. <laughs> he's a pretty big guy. not that big. He's bigger than you or I. Well, no, we're, there's there's
0: there's some photos out. Oh, is he huge? He's hit the weights pretty hard. Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, he's start, I he mean, needs to stop hitting the wall really hard. Yeah, well, he's remember he's too. He's
0: twenty one, twenty two. He's still yeah. growing. Yeah, he's still. He's, that's right.
1: You know, boys grow later.
0: Yeah, he's so still he's, growing. He's
1: going through a growth spurt.
0: Um, what about Carlos Santana and his power? Last Carlos season, he got off to a terrible start. Uh god awful. People loved him last year because he was going to be catcher eligible. Those days are over. He's corner infield eligible now. Um, I mean, I think he's a safe lock. 20 homers, 80, 90 RBIs. He's going to hurt your batting average-wise, 250, 240. But uh, in the day and age of lacking power, he's a viable corner infielder. Yeah. Um, More value at first base or third base? If you draft him, where are you looking to play him? Probably
1: third. Mm -hmm. I would say probably third base. I feel like you can find more production from – like. There's more offensive players, I think, at the first base position. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look over his career, two sixty-eight, two fifty-two last year, two thirty-one. He was
0: batting a buck ninety by the right. all, I still at the All Star. Um,
1: on base percentage is always high, 360. 360 or better every year, basically. Um, twenty plus homers. He'll score enough runs to be productive around seventy. So. He's he's like a safe he's like a safe play like you just Seventh said. round You know what you're getting
0: Seventh round You know what you're getting Third baseman is going to get 20 homers Jan Gomes Jan Gomes is the type of player that, When I say I'll never draft a catcher early Jan Gomes is the player Like that type of player Why? He's going to catch He's going to hit 15 to 20 homers He's going to give you numbers Jason Kipnis One of the top second basemen In the fantasy game At a very thin position Kipnis all right. You'll do alright with him Steal your twenty bases, double-digit home runs. Disappointing year last year.
1: Yeah, but he's a better player than that. No, but I, I think his numbers will b- bounce back to double-digit homers, sixty, seventy RBIs, steal twenty plus bases. Brandon
0: Morse, a late, cheap source of power. Mm. Twenty homers, late. Not much in the uh, in the batting average category. I personally, I stay away from Michael Bourne. I stay away from Nick Swisher. Corey Kluber, saw Young, and Willard winner. What more do you need to say? He strikes out more than a batter per inning. He's going to win your games. He's going to give you a tremendous ERA, swinging strike percentage of almost twelve percent. The guy is good. That's why he won the Cy Young. I love the love the K strikeout. The K rate is through the roof.
1: Yeah, it is. He leaves like eighty, almost eighty percent guys left on base last year. Yeah. He just doesn't let him score.
0: Doesn't let him score. Carlos Carrasco, terrific. Trevor Bauer's got some upside. The real roll of the dice play though. The boomer bus guy there is Danny Salazar. Um, Danny Salazar. A couple of years ago, he came up. He was lights out. Everybody was drooling over him, right? In 2013, in, in 52 innings, he had 65 strikeouts, uh, and, and this was over 10 games. Mm. Two wins, three losses, 3.12 ERA. Last year, he goes early, and he struggles mightily. He was very hittable, 6-8, ERA. But here's the good. He still struck out 120 batters on 110 innings.
1: Sick. Yeah, he, he, the strikeouts are there. He's a guy that throws 94-plus, 95 miles an hour. You know, he's probably a guy that's trying to learn how to pitch still. I mean, what is he, 23, 24? How old is this guy? He's 24, going to be 25 years old. He only has 162 major league innings under his belt. So, you know, he, that's still not even technically a full season. So there's a lot of upside for him. You just hope that his control is good. he would have a very high whip. Um, you know, it could be one of your boomer bust picks.
0: He's the type you know? of pitcher where you get him late and he gets it right. If he gets it, he's a steal. He's the, he's this year's Corey Kluber. Nobody drafted yeah. Corey Kluber that early last year, and you went, ooh, thank you, Corey Kluber. Look what I just got. Ooh, thank you. Um. So, so there you go. Closer. Closer for Cleveland this year. Again, another reason we never spend big money on a closer. Cody Allen's going to take over. He's going to close uh, last season for Cody Allen. For Cleveland, he went 6 and 4, 207 ERA, finished with 24 saves. Expect an up kick. 91 strikeouts, though, Eric, in 69 innings. That's a fantastic rate. That's a lot. Swinging strike percentage of 14.1%. Uh, guy's good. He's going to close things up for them. So uh, take a look at that for the Cleveland Indians. All right, Eric, we move on. We continue going along. Uh, probably the team that's going to be the favorite again, like they have been, although they're not the same team they've been, and that's the Detroit Tigers. Injury, age, starting to catch up. They don't have the, – the window's closing on their run. I think that's safe mm-hmm. to say. You know, you've got Miggy Cabrera. He's at first base, but he had ankle surgery, bone spurs, besides the fact that he had a down year last year when you compare him to years prior. Correct. All right. Second base is going to be Ian Kinsler, one of the top second basemen in baseball. Jose Iglesias. Will you be my hero? Uh, He's playing shortstop. (laughs) Nick Castellanos, uh, second-year player at third base. Expect a little more power out of him. Outfield, though, talk about being locked in. Johannes Cepedes in uh, Cespedes, he's going to take over in left field. They got him for Rick Porcello in the Red Sox offseason trade. Roger Davis, Anthony Gose are going to platoon in center. You're going to have J.D. Martinez, uh, a cast-off from the Houston Astros, whose career was saved last year by Detroit He'll play right. Assuming he's healthy from the knee surgery, Victor Martinez, 35 years old, he's going to DH. So Alex Avila behind the plate. Starting staff, you got David Price. They brought him in knowing they'd probably lose Scherzer. They were right. Verlander, who struggled the last two years. Kenny rebound. Anibal Sanchez, former Yankee Shane Green, and former Cincinnati Red, Alfredo Simon. Eric, the conversation has to start with Miguel Cabrera. Mm -hmm. The ankle surgery... The dip in numbers, and I'm, I'm, I'll run through that dip in numbers. And if it wasn't Miguel Cabrera, I personally think people would be more upset. He went from 44 homers to 25. Mm-hmm. 137 RBIs to 109. A batting average that dropped from 348 to 313. On-base percentage dropped from 442 to 371. Mm-hmm. Walks dropped from 90 to 60. Strikeouts increased from 94 to 117. This is comparing 2013 to 2014. Yet, yet, with all those drops, the only thing that went up was strikeouts.
2: Mm.
0: He had 60 more at-bats and 11 more games played. Mm. How concerned are you? Where are you taking a Mel
1: Cabrera in your draft? Um, trying to debate whether or not. Um, I think he's the end of the first round now. Um, even the beginning. You know, I still think he's a first round pick. Um, but he's not probably in my top five anymore. I'll tell you that much. I'd say end of the first round, really. Yeah, I agree with that. Wrap around pick at the end of the first round. It could be the first pick of the second round, in my opinion. Um, he went ninth. Be, he went ninth in the series. Yeah, X of the first FSC, round. Yeah, ninth and out of twelve. You no, know, he's not the number one, two, three, or four pick anymore. That's for sure.
0: Miguel Cabrera walks into spring training. The ankle is healthy, and over the last two to three weeks of spring training, he hit six home runs. Yeah. Does that change things?
1: <sighs> Man, you have to you have to think. Was last year just like because of the injuries, the bad ankle, whatever it was, like maybe he wasn't just he just wasn't healthy enough last year maybe there wasn't he enough played players.
0: 159 like, games
1: but, 611 at bats but you have to understand though like he may have played in those games but he may have played at 80% you know like baseball is a very unique sport like if you if you have a a tight oblique or a sore wrist or you know your legs aren't 100% hitting hitting is all of that and more um I th- I think you might be stealing value at the end of the first round with him. I I still think he could bounce back and have a very good season. I understand what you're saying. He played 11 more games, but I mean he's got a little protection in the lineup this year with Cespedes. Um, now listen, don't get me wrong. If you tell me so, my if you tell me my first it's round, it's so pick, hard just to dis- dismiss Mickey Cabrera being a fantasy like. Monster. If you
0: tell me my first round pick is going to hit twenty five homers, a hundred RBIs, and bat me three ten, he's worth a first round pick. Yeah, but but yeah. my concern is, are those numbers going down still? Does he rebound? I mean, we don't know. It's all pro, pro-, pro-, pro- prognostication. Took me a minute to get that out.
1: Prognostication.
0: It's all. It's all a game, and I I think he is. In my opinion. Other than maybe some of the injured pitch pitchers coming back, the most important person we'll see play this spring. You agree?
1: Yes. Bless you, by the way. Yes, Thank you. I I agree because I want to see him look good in the spring. You know what I mean? To see him just smashing baseballs all over the place. Like I want to see. I want to see him spring. hit one in the gap and bust it into a double. <laughs> I just don't want him to bust in a double in preseason. Just the, to... I know what you're saying. Like, God, if he has a good spring, he can move up in the draft. Like, if he has a bad spring, is he a first round pick? Like, is he? Are you still nervous about picking him in the first if round. He's he that much in if he's nicked up, if he's nicked up in the spring, if yeah. they limit his at bats. I'm a, I'm a, I am mean, I mean yeah. you look at his numbers. I mean, even 25 homers and 109 RBIs and a 313 average. Is it's first-round rapid. And 100 runs scored. It's first-round worthy. There's no doubt about it. But comparing it to 44, 137, and 348. And 30. the year before, 44,
0: 139, 330. I mean, the problem with Miguel Cabrera is he's being compared to Miguel Cabrera.
1: Yes. I mean, in 2000, his 2011 year wasn't much different than his 2014 year thirty one oh five.
0: Three
1: forty four. I'm t- all right, the average I'm saying, but I'm saying power numbers wise right. it wasn't much different. Um I mean this is a guy though who hasn't hit less than thirty home
0: runs since two thousand six and that was, and before that two thousand three. He's only hit less than thirty home runs three times. Right. He has driven in a hundred RBIs every year but his rookie year. He hits three hundred every year
1: except for Two thousand eight, when he had two ninety two. I mean, at twenty one years old, he was hitting thirty three homers, one hundred and twelve RBIs. Wow, man! I really? mean, listen. Here, here, here's
0: my thought. If he's sitting there for me with the eighth pick, it's a, it's a no, it's a no brain. All right, let's play the game here. Here we go. Mike Trout at number one, or Miggy Cabrera.
1: Mike, Mike Trout. Trout, Mike Trout. That's, I'm going. I'm that, reading. I'm reading this off of the serious section. Here we go. Without McCutcheon or Miggy Cabrera. I think McCutcheon is still a good player, but I think he's a bit overrated. Second pick, McCutcheon or McGee Cabrera. Or would you go somewhere else with the second pick? No, uh would you go John Carlo
0: or Goldschmidt or Jose O'Brien?
1: No, I wouldn't take um I I would probably take I would probably take because I feel like he's more balanced. Like Number he's three got a nice balance.
0: Number three. Abreu, Goldschmidt, John Carlo, Anthony Rizzo, Carlos Gomez, Miguel Cabrera, Clayton Kershaw.
1: You just said seven names. I did. <laughs> I well, FSTA draft. Jose Abreu went third. Jose Abreu and Miguel Cabrera. I would take Abreu just because of he's young. He's he's a bit younger. Fourth overall, maybe a little hungrier. I don't know. Fourth overall pick. Goldschmidt or Cabrera. That to me is a real close. I I, I would almost take Cabrera. I Fifth. really
0: would. Okay. So let's see. Fifth, Kershaw or Miggy Cabrera?
1: I don't, I don't take a picture that. Okay. Hard. Sixth,
0: John Carlos Stanton or Miggy Cabrera?
1: I, I see. I, I I would I would say to me, John Carlos, I would have picked him before I would have picked Goldschmidt. So I guess I'm, I'm trying to pry. I mean, they're all really good players.
0: See, this, and I would take Miguel Cabrera before Anthony Rizzo. I would take uh, Miguel Cabrera yeah. before Carlos Gomez. Yes. So that
1: puts him six. at the lowest six. Yeah. And if you're getting him at eight or nine, I think you're getting a steal at eight or nine. Me, this is how I play the, t- the first six.
0: I go Trout, Giancarlo two, McCutcheon three, Abreu four, Goldschmidt five, Mickey six.
1: So do you put more stake in Miggy's year last year? The
0: injuries are what scares me on Miggy. He's always nicked up. He's always nicked up.
2: Yeah.
0: Ankle surgery. You don't know. I know. I know. If he does it, if, if I don't see if I'm reading the box scores every morning out of the paper and Miggy Cabrera is not playing every day and swinging the bat hmm. and just out there playing and I don't want to see him DHing. I want to see him play the field because that's where he's going to play. Victor Martinez is going to DH. He's going to have to DH. Victor Martinez had knee surgery this off season. Yeah, Miggy's got to play first.
1: He's got to prove to me a little bit, just a little bit, that he's healthy. That's yeah. all. That's all uh, I'm saying. Uh, how much do you think he's going to play him at first in the spring? He's got to play enough to to prove to everybody to Detroit that he's healthy. Yeah. You know, let's move on though. But look at it. But look how healthy he's been. I mean, I, I'm saying in regards to games played, it's never less than like he's 100. out there, right? He's playing. Whether he's nicked or not, he's, he, he plays through it. Yes, he does. And he plays through it pretty well. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, I, love, I love Ian Kinsler as one of the top tier second
0: basemen. I think Roger Davis could be a nice sneaky pickup late for steals. Uh, the guy runs. He runs a lot. He runs well. You know, last season for Detroit, uh, after Austin Jackson was traded, he finished with 36 stolen bases last year. 2013, 45. 2012, 43. So the guy runs. Uh, again, you don't want Billy Hamilton early. You grab uh, Roger Davis late, and you're going to get uh, similar steel stolen base numbers. J.D. Martinez, he's not going to be that big a sleeper anymore. He had a monster, a nice year last year. People are going to have their eye on him. Cespedes, he drives in 100 runs every year. You deal with the strikeouts, that's for sure. Castellano, some power upside at third. And then the pitching, David Price, you know what you're going to get from him. Your thoughts, though, Eric, on Justin Verlander?
1: Boy, talking about a guy probably going through a decline, right? Um you know, I don't think you're ever gonna see the Verlander of Ole. But I still think he's you know, I still think he's definitely a viable fantasy pitcher. Um, you know, he's he's definitely not his ERA is gonna be higher than you think probably for a Verlander, you know, last I don't think his ERA will be as high as last year, four and a half. No, I think it comes back down on the back down but you know, the strikeouts the strikeout drop-off is what concerns me, and the, and the the swing, you know, what is the swing swinging strike, strike percentage it has went dropped down tremendously. a lot. Yep, you know, in um, two thousand
0: twelve, a swinging strike was eleven point seven percent. It was eight last year. It went down yeah. to eight point seven percent over the last two years. You know, here's the other thing with Verlander though; he did have off-season surgery last year for a sports hernia. He admitted he had no time to work out and train. Basically went from surgery, rehab, right into the spring. Right. Maybe that affected him. Maybe it didn't. But even as bad as he was, he still did win 15 games. He did win 15 games. Now, last year he struck out 159 batters. Last time he struck out less than 200 was
2: 2008.
0: Um, I think he could be a sneaky pickup late as other people are down on him. How late, though?
1: I mean, he's not going to sit there forever. I think he's
0: there in round 10. You grab him.
1: Where did he go in that draft? I think you
0: grab him as your third or fourth fantasy starter. (sighs) Justin Berlander, as I search through the draft board.
1: Third or fourth starter. It's a pretty good third or fourth starter, though. I mean, if you could build a rotation with, like, Yeah, with him as your third or fourth. I still think there's something left in the tank for Verlander. I don't think at 31, 32 years old he's finished. Um, he went in the 16th round, and I think that wow. is
0: a steal. That where he went, huh? In the 16th round.
1: That's a lot of pitches to go before him.
0: I mean, you're talking about uh, uh, Ian Kennedy went before him. Hector Rondon of the Cubs went before him. Liriano went before him. Degrom, Chris Archer, Phil Hughes, Jake Odorizzi, Anibal Sanchez, Drew Smiley, Alex Wood, a lot of Carlos Carrasco of Cleveland, all went before before
1: Verlander. People were really down on him in that draft. He's
0: had two down years in a row. Win total is okay. The problem is is the downward slope. You know, Two the six DRA
1: went up one and almost a run each year though. Two,
0: six four fifth four, four five yeah. four. A whip of one oh six one three one one four oh. Even if he rebounds, what is his rebound now? I think his rebound is a sub four ERA. I think his
1: rebound is two thousand thirteen, something similar to that. Thirty, yeah. Maybe not. Don't maybe chase maybe the win. even the two hundred seventeen strikeouts. Probably like one ninety. And and a three and a half ERA. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. Increase
0: the swinging strike rate. Uh, and go on mm. from there. Closer They're situation yep, the closer situation oh. is tough there. Joe Nathan, uh, right now, or or How Joaquin Soria. He? He's 75 years old. Jeez. Joaquin Soria, Al Albuquerque. Stay away from that closer situation. His job is Java still there? No, he's so still an unsigned free agent, Java. Nobody has know. picked With him that up. That beard, nobody wants to talk to him. All right, he's Eric, the done. Kansas City Royals. Last year's uh, Cinderella story. They come on off the World Series, and they're a different team now. Cinderella, Cinderella, They've lost James Cinderella. Shields. They have a new right fielder uh, in Alex Rios. James Shields is gone. He just signed the big contract with the San Diego Padres. Padres made moves,
1: man. Padres, we'll talk, we'll about, talk them about them. them. They made moves.
0: But here's the thing with, with the Royals. As good a team they are, fantasy-wise, they don't really excite you. No. Eric Hosmer at first, Omar Infante at second, Alcides Escobar at short, Mustakis at third. Outfield is going to uh, consist of Alex Gordon in left, Lorenzo Cain in center, who was terrific in the postseason, and the newly added Alex Rios in right, Salvador Perez catching, Kendry Morales replacing Billy Butler at DH. Now, don't, I'm not saying these guys aren't going to get drafted. Most of them will. None of them, though, to me, scream fantasy superstar, fantasy cornerstone. Eric Posmer no. is, a, is, a, is a, a late first baseman. He's out of the top 10 for me at first base. He's 15 homers, he's 270, he's 60 70. All the eye's good player, useful, not a star. Alcides Escobar, he might be the one guy on my team that I would draft as a starter at a very thin shortstop position. He at the very least is going to give me 20 to 30 stolen bases in a 260 batting average.
1: I like Alex Gordon.
0: Alex Gordon as a second or third outfielder. I like,
1: I like Alex Gordon. I like him. But do you uh, trust
0: Mustakis? I mean, he played no. okay in the postseason, but you can't no, draft no, him for no. a full
1: season. Also, I mean, what does he offer batting average-wise? Exactly. Mean, and for what he produces, homer and RBI-wise, probably isn't worth that batting average.
0: Now, Moustakis is the type no. of guy, though, on a daily league, you monitor With right who he's playing. With right. right? Oh, he has yeah. three lifetime home runs against this guy. I'm going to play him on the cheap. Right. But uh, it's yearly, I'm not interested. Alex Reels, he's been around too long. He's too old. He's nothing more than a backup. Sal Perez is a quality. I feel like still. he never achieved what no. they expected. He had a few great years here and there. Salvador Perez, he's a starting fantasy catcher. He's a tremendous player, and he plays every day. Probably plays more than any other catcher out there. Starting pitching-wise, uh, the young fireballer, Yordani Ventura, swinging strike percent of 10.3, 96-mile-an-hour fastball. I like Ventura. I'll draft him as my second starter. Mm-hmm. Don't chase wins. Uh, Vargas Guthrie, I'll stay away from. Danny Duffy had an okay year. He's a late-round flyer. Staying away from Edinson Volquez. Chris Medlin, who they signed away from Atlanta. He could be an interesting waiver wire ad. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, a terrific picture for the Braves, but he's coming off two Tommy John surgeries. So you monitor that. Now, here's the thing, Eric. They're bullpen. Mm-hmm. Greg Holland, an elite closer, there's no denying that. Um, you know, he's going to be more than a strikeout per inning. Uh, his rate will be through the roof, a swinging strike percentage of 15. Will you draft their setup guys, who we saw in the postseason, a Wade Davis and a Kelvin Herrera?
1: Those guys will, are good, man. Will
0: you draft them just for the strikeouts and the whip mm. alone? Would you prefer that strikeout or whip guy at a middle reliever, and instead of that low end starting pitcher?
1: Do you you understand the question? Yeah, I understand the question, and I fully, you know, is their production their production probably for is is probably actually more worth it to draft that than say a low end five or six starter, six or I guess you know what I mean, like. Because they're going to get you a low ERA. They're going to get you a high amount of strikeouts per innings pitched. Does it... And it's not saying that one of them can not end up being a closer with an injury, too. Oh, one of them would. It would probably be Wade Davis, yeah. Yeah. So, I think you're drafting it there. I mean, 77... Like, like Wade Davis last year, what? He was... Let's see. And... Let's see. He he had nine wins last year, which is... you're not going to get that yeah, often out of the ball. I don't think you're opening. going to get that much. But, but in
0: 72 innings, you got one 109, and 109 strikeouts yeah. in 72 innings. A swinging He's, strike percentage of 14.1. It was ridiculous. I mean, you
1: see some starters, like not many more strikeouts than what he did in that many innings. Right. I mean, 140 strikeouts. Mm-hmm. But you're also probably carrying a 4-ERA with that. Well, like, ERA. And
0: here's the comparison. Last year, at, at great length, we talked about Dylan Patancis. Yeah. Being a viable fantasy pitcher because he gave you—he pitched four or five times a week, correct. So he gave you five innings a week, correct. And five innings a week, he was giving you ten Ks and mm-hmm. an ERA of basically zero, right? He was giving you better than than a fifth starter somewhere Some. who was going five innings, giving up three runs and striking out two.
1: Hundred percent. Wade Davis. These guys are definitely viable fantasy options. Hundred percent. Just like um. Just like uh, uh, Andrew Miller now of the Yankees. Yeah, he's. Yeah, we talked about him last week.
0: Right. He's, he's another mild. middle reliever who's a better fantasy option. This, even if exactly. you use holds,
1: it's a no-brainer. Right. But if, even if you don't use holds, the strikeouts, the whip, the ERA—they're all useful. And like these guys are all one step, one injury away from being closers. Also, yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. Like so, I think you're drafting with a lot of, a lot of potential there. So, and, and not a lot of potential, you're still getting a lot of production from those guys. Yep. So. There's nothing wrong with having those guys in there every day of the week.
0: All right, Eric, the last team in the division before we run out of time, the Minnesota Twins. Um, not much here, some young talent. We're going to talk about that I in a minute. I forgot
1: they were in the division. <laughs> you I know, Joe
0: Maurer, is Joe Maurer, now that he's a first baseman, a relevant fantasy baseball player? My answer to that when people ask me, I honestly, I tell them no. You know, last year, four homers, 55 RBIs, two 277. Four. You know, he was back in 2009 when he was hitting 28 homers and batting 365. You know, he's won a batting title two or three times in his career, and that was great. He was a catcher. The value was through the roof. But as a first baseman, I don't need a 290 hitter who's going to hit 10 homers and 40 RBIs.
1: If you really look at Joe Mauer's career though, boy, that like that 28 home run year was certainly an exception to like every other year he played. That was the last season I think in the Home Dome. Yeah. Target Field but has, even
0: before then, had, had hurt him,
1: him. Yeah, but even before that, though, I mean, he didn't even sniff close to that. I mean, nine homers, seven homers, 13 homers. Man, look at his last, like, five. I mean, it takes you, jeez. I mean, you look at his numbers. In the last three years, he hasn't even totaled. Actually, the last four years, he totaled 28 homers. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, now, fantasy-wise, there are some players you like. I like Brian Dozier at second base. Wow. He's a double-double guy. He's a 20-homer, 20-steal yeah, type a of player. player. 240, 250 average, but he's going to give you the homers, the steals, the runs scored. Kenneth Vargas, the DH, he's got some power potential, worth a late-round flyer. Popped the ball out of the park, who knows what he could get there. I'm not interested in the returning slugger Tori Hunter. Trevor Plow at third base. Again, he's a backup third baseman on a fantasy team, give you 15 home runs. Aswaldo Arcea. Outfielder, again, a 15 20 my guys. A lot of these guys you're drafting late. Backups, hope they maybe strike, hit their potential. Phil Hughes is a useful fantasy baseball pitcher. He had a tremendous season last year. Uh, last season on the season, getting away from the, the mess that was the Bronx. This is a guy in 209 innings, 116 games, a 352 ERA. Here's the most impressive number, though, Eric 186 strikeouts. 16
1: walks. He just couldn't handle New York.
0: Couldn't handle it. He's found a nice little home in Minnesota. I'll draft him as a third starter or so for my fantasy team. Irvin Santana goes a little bit later than that fantasy-wise. Bullpen: Glenn Perkins, terrific closer. Good strikeout rate. About a batter in an inning. You'll enjoy having him. But really, the two guys you want to keep an eye on are the uber prospects they have. The two Two of the top ten prospects in baseball. Byron Buxton, outfielder. Uh, number one ranked player in, in the minor league system of Major League Baseball. He might not be there to start the season, but he'll be up eventually at some point this year. Super talent, worth getting a pick this year. Dynasty leagues, he's probably already owned. Miguel Sano, the third baseman, had the elbow injury, missed last season, so his, his growth has kind of been delayed a year. But he's still a super, super prospect. Those are the guys, really, you want from the Minnesota Twins mm-hmm. when they come up. Uh, so monitor it. Whatever your league rules are, if you have minor league spots, grab them. Yeah. If you're not allowed to draft them until they're in the major leagues, or add them, keep an eye on them because when they are ready to come up, they are going to be a number one waiver wire addition. There's no doubt about that. Uh, dynasty keeper type of leagues. If you're in a sell type of mode and trying to build young talent, those are the those guys. guys yep, those yeah. are the guys you are going to want. Eric, who wins the division?
2: Uh,
1: I'll take
2: um,
1: I think it's really close Uh, I didn't really put a lot of thought in Detroit's going to win it Detroit again Detroit's going to win the division
0: Assuming uh, Victor Martinez and Miguel Cabrera are healthy I
1: think Detroit wins the division Does
0: Kansas City make the playoffs again? No
1: I think they regress Do the White Sox make the playoffs? I think they'll be in the playoff game To get into the playoffs like that play, whatever yeah, that, the, that one the wild game. The wild, yeah, yeah, the, so they're yeah, a wild yeah.
0: card. So they're one of okay. the top five teams in the. I American. still don't
1: understand how that works. So <laughs> 162 games for one. I don't know. I uh, it bothers you. It's obvious. It does create a little excitement, though, over one game. Sure it does. Yeah. Sure it does. All right, folks, we well, are. Not if my team's not in it, though. It's not that.
0: We are out of time now. I got exciting news as Where we were babbling on. What do you think? I say Detroit. I, I can't predict, predicting the wild card is so difficult. I think Chicago, so I'll back out of it and say I think Chicago
2: <laughs> is in
0: the, oh, is in playoff race okay. by by the end of August. <laughs> I'll back out. <at> <laughs> I won't make that type of prediction. But here's the exciting news. Um, as we were talking, I got a message from the guys over at draftsmasters.com, Yeah. And the good news is, is we should be pretty much up and running. By if not tomorrow, then Friday, so ladies and gentlemen, if you were listening and live I'll or sure
1: on Friday night,
0: woof, there you go. no movie night for me it's uh, draftsmashers.com. dot com so, if you've been listening live or on demand, as you know, we were at one time War on fantasy sports radio, um thanks to a terrific merger with an upcoming fantasy sports site, uh great information helping you with the daily leagues and all that fun stuff draftsmashes dot com it's going to be up by the weekend. So make sure you check it out. And make sure you check out Eric and I every Wednesday night, 7.30 Eastern Time, here on Blog Talk Radio slash Draft Smashers. Follow us on Twitter at Draft Smash Radio. Eric and I will be back next Wednesday night, like we always are, 7.30. We're going to talk American League West and anything else that comes along over the next seven days or so. Those of you who like the sound of my voice, you can log out of this show and in an hour at 930 Go to blogtalkradio.com slash rotoballer. Myself and Raphael Rabb from rotoballer.com. We'll be talking a little fantasy baseball, previewing the first and third base positions over on Roto Baller Radio. I'll be appearing this Sunday on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, Sirius uh, SXM Fantasy Baseball with host Craig Mish. I'll be on some point Sunday. They haven't told me the time just yet. And next Monday night, the Sirius XM Fantasy Drive Show with my friends Kyle Elric, and Ray Flowers at 8.30 to talk fantasy baseball with them next Monday night at 8.30 as well. So uh, get a lot of fantasy baseball from uh, from us guys over here at com. Eric, having said all of that, terrific stuff. If you're in the Northeast, more snow tomorrow and the next day, so be smart, be safe, be careful. Eric, this was a lot of fun, as always, Premier episode of DraftSmashers.com. Thank you very much, my friend. I had a lot of fun. Good stuff, as always. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, and that's about it. Have yourself a great night. Great weekend, and we'll talk to you again next Wednesday. Good night, folks.